and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the Post Party Project. Um, It feels like this is one of the first Mondays in so long where I've got my voice, everyone's happy and healthy, Ivy's at daycare, the sun is shining. (laughs) Oh man, let's just hope it stays like this. Please cross your fingers for me. (laughs) Anyway, in today's episode, I chat with Fiona, who is a birth trauma and perinatal counsellor. She specialises in supporting you through trauma and PTSD recovery, birth trauma and perinatal difficulties. I've spoken to a few women who have experienced birth trauma, so I found today's episode really interesting. We chat about what birth trauma is and how to identify if we have it, what the difference is between postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety and birth trauma, what we can do to prepare for birth the second time around if we've experienced birth trauma, how to support a friend or family member who has had a traumatic birth, and so much more. I've also included Fiona's details in the show notes, so you can easily reach out and get in touch with her if this chat resonates and you want to reach out. I also wanted to quickly mention my other business, Bev's Buzz Break. Bev's Buzz Break is a lower percentage caffeine coffee with full strength flavor. The idea is that you take a break from that caffeine buzz created with pregnant breastfeeding women and women with hormonal imbalances in mind who want to consume less coffee but don't want to settle for a terrible tasting decaf. (laughs) I originally weaned myself off caffeine before I fell pregnant. Um, After a bit of research, I knew it was what I needed to do to support my hormones and I knew that you had to be careful of your caffeine consumption when pregnant and breastfeeding. Um, So yeah, it worked out really well for me weaning myself off. Uh, We work directly with one of Perth's best coffee roasters to to create these delicious blends and the feedback I've had on the flavor has been incredible. We have 29 five-star reviews on Facebook. Um, You can also use code PPP at checkout for 10% off. So the website is bevsbuzzbreak.com com.au also if you are enjoying the post party project i would be so grateful if you could jump on apple itunes and leave me a review um, and if this episode resonates don't forget to share it with a friend um, awesome let's get into today's chat Thank you so much for joining me today, Fiona. I cannot wait to have this chat with you because I've had so many girls, like it comes up in so many of our conversations, birth trauma specifically. So thank you for joining me. Um, Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I've been really looking forward to it. It's taken a while for us to to get here, hasn't it? Yeah, in between sicknesses and everything that goes on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who's in your family, and I guess specifically what you do for work. Sure. So in my family, first up, I'm a mum of three. So I have a a 16-year-old, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. So life is a little bit busy. On the work side of things, I work primarily as a perinatal and trauma counsellor. 
So I work in private practice. Uh, I see clients from across Australia through telehealth and more locally in Perth. I have a counselling space uh, in success here in, in WA. So I do that. I have my finger in a few different pies though at the same time. So I also offer um, quite trauma-informed hypnobirthing classes, particularly for mothers who have experienced trauma previously. So those classes uh, are kind of designed to work with, with them and what they've experienced before. I also work with other clinicians. So I do some supervision for one of the universities here in WA for their master's counselling students. And I, I do some training as well. So I'm lucky enough to be able to train a lot of the students from the Doula Training Academy in the area of birth trauma. So hopefully setting up some really strong health professionals to be able to, to work with this. And yeah, I've got, a, I've got a course coming out specifically for perinatal professionals. So to give them some insight and tools. So lots of different things going on at the moment. I already feel that your energy just feels so calming and just like, I feel like you would be the right person to go to with any of these, <laughs> any of these thank, things. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I think that when you, when you've been doing it for, for so long and, and being in that space, for so long I think it's easy to really just be able to connect with people I know what they need um, I've been working with perinatal women for a long time now initially as a birth and newborn photographer back from 2009 um, which transitioned into doula work so worked in the birth space in birth and also postnatally then moved on to childbirth education and now doing a lot of, of trauma work mm. to be able to work with women on the other side of those experiences yeah that's amazing it's like you've seen the whole the whole array of the beautifulness of like newborn stage and birth and everything and now coming back to help women I think that's so amazing yeah I think it's a, a unique perspective to have on being able to really support and understand women in this space, particularly with trauma, also experienced it myself as a mother. So being able to see it from a lot of different vantage points has definitely mm. helped me with what I do now. Yeah. I was going to ask, what was your experience like postpartum then? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, I will say, honestly, for my first, who is now 16, I have a lot of gaps in my memory for, for her postpartum. Um, and I do put that down to undiagnosed potentially depression after her birth and potentially trauma as well in relation to my experience with her birth. Uh, so I couldn't give you any real insight into what that was like, but I know it was vastly different for my, my boys, my second and third children, where her, their experience of, of birth with me was very different, vastly different to what I experienced with my first. So very clear memories of, of their postpartum period, my postpartum period with them. And, and it was well supported. But yeah, there was a lot of, lot of undiagnosed trauma from my first birth. So it, it took seven years after my first birth for that knowledge and that awareness of what had happened to finally come to the surface so I could work through it. So mm. a lot of um, disconnection in there, um, a lot of numbness, through all of the experiences, but yeah, it took seven years to be able to, to realise that and reach out for some support. Wow. And is that kind of how you came to the decision to have the other two? Like, did you learn that you needed to do a bit of work and stuff to heal from that? I had those two in that stage, in that okay. period. Um, and it wasn't until after my third child that I did speak to somebody on a professional level for an unrelated 
unrelated difficulty. So I ended up after years of work as a photographer, I went and saw a careers counsellor and I was really feeling the need to pull away from photography and immerse myself more into the the perinatal space in some way. So I went to see a a counsellor who could help me with that decision. And it wasn't until I spoke with her in that session that she attuned herself into the numbness I was feeling and my inability to answer questions clearly. So she was the one that saw some red flags within me. I wasn't the, the preconceived idea of what depression was. So I wasn't crying. I was running a really successful business. Um, I wasn't falling apart at the seams, which is what I assumed would be happening if I was experiencing any difficulties postnatally. But I wasn't. I had it all together. But she noticed some signs that aren't typical. Oh, they are typical, but not something that we often acknowledge. And she was the one that said, you need to go and see somebody else. So I did. And yeah, it was there. It was there front and centre. And I went and saw a counsellor myself. And she was the one that pulled me out of that and and supported me in in healing. Mm, That's so interesting. So did you learn quite a bit then from that into how you practice today? Absolutely. It was um, working with her that definitely inspired me to do the work that I'm doing now and brought my awareness to all of my experiences and that I have been I have been through a lot of what the women I see now experience. So I have been through that postnatal anxiety, postnatal depression, um, a lot of um, prenatal anxiety as well. I've been through assisted conception, um, IVF, pregnancy loss, um, breastfeeding trauma, a lot of it, which she supported me through. So it was opening my eyes to, yes, I've learned a lot from this um, and it's what I want to work with. So mm. fast forward and here I am. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, how, what kind of services do you offer in particular? So I work with a lot of individuals, male and female, um, in the counselling space. So offering counselling for trauma-related difficulties related to perinatal or not. So a lot of developmental and childhood trauma as well and perinatal difficulties across the board. So I offer EMDR therapy for trauma specifically um, and also for perinatal professionals who obviously experience a lot in their work. I offer birth debriefing, so standalone birth debriefing sessions that can progress onto counselling if the need is there. Um, but as I mentioned before, the, the hypno, hypnobirthing classes sorry, are tailored to work with trauma and to understand and acknowledge events that have taken place for women um, and to be able to support them in, in being able to do it again. Mm. Um, so that's probably the bulk of my work. But, yeah, as I mentioned before, training, mentoring, supervision, all on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, so what is birth trauma and how can we identify if we have it? That's a really good question. So I guess the best way to talk about trauma is to understand that it's, it's got nothing to do with what happens to us. It has nothing to do with events that take place, but it's what happens inside of us as a result of what's happened to us on the outside. So it's the internal response from our nervous system when it is overwhelmed with the perception of a threat. So that's what trauma is in a nutshell. If there is a perception of threat, and perception is the key word there, so it doesn't have to be an actual threat, it doesn't have to be a physical threat. If there is any perceived threat, then our nervous system can see that or respond to that as a real threat. 
So it's that internal response that will ensue. So when we're talking about birth trauma, we're not necessarily having to, to just talk about labour and birth. I see it as, as more perinatal trauma, which can happen anywhere inside of conception or trying to conceive right through to the end of a postpartum journey. Mm. Um, anything that happens in that scope, if there is any perceived threat, then trauma can ensue from it. Mm-hmm. So if we had that, would there be ways that we can identify that in ourselves? Absolutely. I think one of the key things to, to acknowledge here is that a lot of the symptoms of trauma do overlap with other difficulties. Uh, so it might be postnatal depression or anxiety, um, but there are always physical indicators, emotional indicators, behavioural indicators and cognitive or the way that we think that will, will show us indicators. So physical symptoms might include having tight chest, rapid heart rate, um, anything from loss of appetite, panic attacks, skin upsets. It's a really intense list of, of what can happen to the body because it's the body receiving that threat. Then we have emotional symptoms, and that can range, again, really widespread from um, anger, fear, shame, anxiety, numbness or, or checking out emotionally, depressive episodes, which can be a reason why trauma is often or sometimes can be, can be misdiagnosed as depression. There might be inappropriate guilt, hopelessness, and then we have behavioural symptoms, so avoiding situations, avoiding places, avoiding people, feeling the need to be over-controlling. Maybe there's hypervigilance or real fear of, of your safety or your child's safety, um, impulsive behaviours, compulsive behaviours, self-medication, uh, rage. Um, again, really, really long list of, of things that can be attributed behaviourally. And then we have cognitive symptoms, so the way we thought, we, the way we think. So we might have rumination, um, racing thoughts, obsessive thoughts, constantly imagining worst-case scenarios. We might re-experience, we might take ourselves and put ourselves back in that experience again and again and again. We might start to idealise people that were present at that birth, and we see that a lot with um, particularly trauma that, experience, that is experienced in labour and birth, an individual might look at their caregiver and idealise them and think or feel that they, they saved them when there may have been a lot of other factors involved in, in the actions of that, that individual. So th- there's a lot of things that we can look out for and become aware of. Mm. Do they kind of start, like when would you notice them happening? Would they be mostly post-birth or can it happen up until a year, more? like how long? Can you explain? Anytime. There is no, there's no limit on when any of this can present. So we have a really intelligent body and it does what it needs to do in order to help us cope. So for some women, that might be the presentation of symptoms really early on. For other women, it might be the body kind of contains it, puts it in a box and, and sits it up on the shelf so that she can continue to function and continue to take care of, of her children. At some point, the box may start to open or things may start to seep out of it where we start to notice maybe physical symptoms start to present even though there is no cause we can attribute to those symptoms Um, or suddenly emotional dysregulation might present or she might start to have memories from that experience. So there is really no, no time limit 
on when it can present. Um, but it's really important to know there's also no time limit then on when you can heal from it. So just because a birth took place 20 years ago, it doesn't mean that nothing can be done to resolve that experience. Mm. Yeah, mm. so interesting. If, um, if, how, is there a really a way then to differentiate between postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety and birth trauma? Yeah, there's, there is quite an overlap of symptoms when it comes to um, birth trauma, particularly things like PTSD and depression and anxiety. So there will be a set of, I guess, symptoms that might be common to all of them, but there will also be some differences. So common symptoms might be things like um, a loss of interest in things that you've enjoyed previously. Um, there might be a level of detachment or disconnect from people or things around you a level of guilt and shame that might present whether you experience trauma through PTSD or whether you're experiencing postnatal depression or whether it's anxiety, feelings of being unable to cope, negative thinking, sleep difficulties. So those, all of those are things that are kind of the overlap between those three. But then we have things that are very unique or specific as well. So in, for example, if we're talking PTSD, we might experience the physical and emotional flashbacks there might be intrusive memories, there might be panic attacks, nightmares. With postnatal depression, it might be deep sadness, feeling worthless, not able to, to seek pleasure, um, low mood, appetite changes. And then with anxiety, the inability to relax or a constant restlessness, the persistent feeling of being frustrated, panic attacks that might arise from being hypervigilant, so, yeah, the, the, there can be some really unique characteristics and it's not a given that if you experience one, you're going to experience another. Experience, experiencing one of these um, might make you more, I guess, susceptible to experiencing other others of these, um, but it's not necessarily a given. Mm. Um, yeah. What can we do and how should we respond if someone close to us has experienced birth trauma or had a traumatic birth? This is such a great question. I love this question. And it's, it's one that's really prompted me to, to put my course together for perinatal professionals in particular. Um, we're teaching us how to respond to someone who discloses trauma or who has experienced it. So a few things to think about would be to not try and fix it. We can't fix it for someone else. We can't take away their experience. We can't change what's happened. So don't enter a conversation with them to try and fix what's happened. The second would be to, to not question that person or not push them for more information. So if somebody comes to you and they are wanting to talk to you about their experience, avoid questioning for more detail. That's to satisfy our own curiosity, not necessarily what that individual needs. It's really important when somebody is talking through their experience that they do it at a pace that feels safe for them and constant questioning of more information can push them to feel unsafe which can add to that trauma if we're talking about perception of threat or safety self-disclosure is something that often comes up as well when people are, are listening to somebody else talk we can have that real need to say yes that happened to me or that happened to somebody i know down the road that should be avoided that conversation's about that person and their experience not about you and your experience yeah there's other other times and places to be able to do that and just a couple of more, many women have their experience dismissed 
and rolled into the idea that it's it's just a part of motherhood. Yeah, and that if we are making the decision to have children, that we are ultimately making the decision to go through this this christening, this entry into it through through trauma and dismissing her experience as a part of motherhood only adds to the problem. It doesn't doesn't help her. That also rolls into the next point when there is that real toxic positivity that comes through when anybody tries to talk about trauma, that, well, at least you have a healthy baby, at least you're safe, that's over now, it's time to move on. Shrouding somebody in toxic positivity just denies them of, of their experience. It's dismissing and it's invalidating. And then I guess the worst thing that we can do is to not respond at all, is to pretend it didn't happen. If somebody has experienced birth trauma, to not acknowledge it is causing a lot of harm for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I think one of the main things that I always hear women say is, you know, you just give birth, you have to leave your dignity at the door. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, and where did that come from? Why is that suddenly a part of our experience? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't, that shouldn't even be a thing. Like you should always feel safe and it's not even about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess would the main thing be just kind of holding space and just really being there for someone who has experienced it? Yeah, absolutely. It's checking in in our own actions and what our intentions are when we support them. Are we there for them or are we there to make ourselves feel better? Yeah. And I think that's what happens a lot of the time. Some people just feel like they've ticked off a few boxes if they've offered advice or whatever they've done. And it kind of leaves that person feeling crappier, but maybe that person's like, I've done my good deed. Now I'm off to have a coffee (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if we have experienced birth trauma, what can we do to prepare for birth the second time around? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's often something that comes up with many of the women that I work with. They come to see me after they've already experienced it once and they just can't bring themselves to do it again. So I think the my, my response to that is that it's twofold. So the first would be to work towards healing and resolving the trauma that you've experienced before, um, creating that sense of safety again within your body and developing that trust in your body again by helping you to heal from that trauma. And then being able to to think about your your next birth as a different experience and not looking necessarily at what events need to be different next time in order for you not to feel the same. Um, But what did you actually need last time? What did you need in order to feel the things that you didn't feel? So, for example, many women that I speak to go through birth trauma and it's not necessarily only about what's happened to them but they may come out feeling unsupported or abandoned like they birthed alone even if they had a room full of people they may come out feeling like they didn't have a voice and that their birth happened to them and they weren't able to participate in in their own experience so it's being able to really identify what are those feelings and what was needed last time for you to be able to to feel differently this time. So maybe it's rethinking, if you didn't feel supported, rethinking the support you have in the room. If you feel like you didn't have a voice last time, what can be done this time to mitigate that? Maybe it's changing the support you have in the room, yeah, to people that would advocate for you and help you. So it's really about 
as I said, number one, healing and resolving that birth trauma, and number two, thinking about what did I feel last time, what do I need to feel this time, and what needs to change in order for me to feel that way this time. Can that be um, also if someone feels that they had a traumatic vaginal birth, Is that could that look like for them choosing to then have a C-section next time or anything along those lines or is it important? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think there's no, there's no rules on, on what needs to happen. If they've worked through that experience of their vaginal birth that caused a, a traumatic experience and they determined that in order to feel safe next time that a cesarean is what needs to happen then they should do that yeah and you mentioned at the start I think um about feeling safe in our own bodies if we have experienced a traumatic birth what are some things we can do to do that Uh, again I would work towards working with someone to heal that trauma and working with someone who can work with you not necessarily just on the cognitive level of changing the way you think about it, but also work on a somatic level with how your body responds to trauma. So doing some work with the vagus nerve, doing some work with all of those parts of our body that we kind of disregard, yeah, so developing a really strong understanding of how the body responds to trauma can be a really beneficial way to go when it comes to getting back into our body. Mm. So I've had this one come up as well. Um, what if you've had a traumatic birth, but you don't feel affected by it right now? Will it come back to haunt you later? Potentially. Um, I guess when we're talking about that, we're talking about triggers. We're talking about triggers may not be, I, I guess I mentioned before that for some of us, the, the body can take an experience and box it and put it away for our, for our own safety to keep us from not feeling overwhelmed. There are times where, when we are feeling that that guard can be let down, it might make room for those experiences to come up to the surface. That's one way it can happen. We might experience an event that has very similar circumstances to that trauma. So, for example, a lot of women might find that they are able to, to work through or to, they don't need to acknowledge what's happened to them in a traumatic birth but they might find it comes up for them as they go into their next labour because they've had a trigger that's very similar to what's happened last time. Um, so, yes, it's possible. It is possible for things to, to resurface later on down the track, but it doesn't happen for everyone. So there's no definitive answer for that one. Mm. So then I guess for some people, could, it, could you be okay even if you got pregnant for the second time, like you said, right up until labour? Is there... Like what would happen if that kind of happened for you? Is there any tools or techniques to get through that? Um, there, there are always techniques to be able to work through that. It's, it's hard to explain or to comment on what each individual person would need, um, but it might just involve being able to understand what trauma is and I mean, this should be something that, that all women are educated about before they go into birth. I know that there is a, um, a focus on positive birth in our society and keeping birth positive. And to me, that feels like we're just missing a piece of the puzzle in terms of educating women on what, what can happen. And it doesn't need to happen in a way that causes fear, but it can be a process of, of learning more about your body and how it responds in threatening environments or in stressful environments. And all of those things can help us even when that trauma comes up again. 
So if you're unsure, like we said before, if you if it might come back and haunt you later, do you think that it's important to just book in with a counsellor just to have a session to see if it's something that you could be triggered by or is there anything you can do just in case? I personally think that everybody needs to counsel regardless <laughs> whether they've yep. experienced trauma or not. I think that having that um, external voice is beneficial for us all. Um, but I always think that being able to just develop strong coping mechanisms regardless of what you're going into can be helpful. So, again, learning about your body, learning about what's happened before for you, um, being able to talk through that experience can be helpful if you are planning at any point to to do it again. Mm. Is it important then to debrief your birth afterwards? I think it is, absolutely. It's important for us to talk through our experiences I think there are limits on what what should happen in the, in the debriefing world. Um, I think it's important that women choose wisely. For example, I wouldn't recommend to any woman that they do a hospital debrief before they've done some work on, on healing and understanding their own responses to their birth for the simple fact that hospitals and healthcare professionals in the medical model won't see their birth a woman's birth the same way she does. Um, perhaps it isn't recorded the same way on medical documents. Perhaps their understanding of what was needed is different to hers. Um, perhaps her experience is different to what the midwife in the room experienced. So if a woman goes into that appointment before doing any of her own understanding and healing of her journey, um, it can feel very much like she is being gaslighted by by that profession um, it can cause her to doubt herself and her understanding of what happened um, so I'd definitely reconsider doing hospital debriefs before you've done your own healing and then there are also studies that show that formal debriefing sessions um, with anyone actually are less beneficial and they can be more harmful so even with health professionals um, such as doulas or midwives those sessions can also be more harmful for many reasons if that individual is not trained to work with trauma. So the risk with debriefing is that it can re-traumatise a client if it's not appropriately handled and supported. So inviting a woman in for a formal debrief has the potential to do her more harm. So really choosing who you work with, making sure that the person you are debriefing with is, is happy to work with trauma, um, will have a, you have the option to have a, a longer relationship with that person as well. So you're not just debriefing and then never seeing that person again, that there is continuity of care mm. because if we're talking about trauma and perception of safety, for a lot of individuals, coming out and talking about their experiences is, is a lot, yeah, um, and it can feel unsafe, particularly if there is no ongoing relationship with that person. So, yeah, there's just a few things to think about to make sure that you choose wisely if you're going to debrief and go from there. Yeah, I agree. Now that you've said all that, I remember having in my situation the midwives come up and talk to me but I kind of knew that I wasn't going to keep seeing them because they tell you once you're finished you're you're gone so it kind of didn't really feel safe like like you've just yeah. said yeah yeah absolutely and if we're already talking potentially about feelings of being unsupported and not validated and not heard and not understood and then you speak to somebody about your experience and you no longer see them again 
it can really reinforce those feelings. Yeah. So um, what kind of things do our could our partners potentially go through? Is postnatal depression quite common? Can they experience birth trauma? How, do, how have you experienced that? Yeah, um, I think it's really important to be working with both sides on this. So one in 10 men will experience postnatal depression um, in the three to six months after birth. Around a quarter of all fathers will show signs of depression. So it's important in supporting them that we know what we're looking for. And I think that this goes both ways. So being able to normalise it before baby arrives. So between, um, you know, in the relationship, making sure you have conversations during pregnancy about what it can look look like, what to look out for in each other, and also formulating a game plan for seeking support. Yeah, so if there are certain things that do come up because we know that postnatal depression or, or trauma is is potentially going to happen for, for both of you or one of you. This is what we're going to look out for in each of us. And if we notice the signs, this is who we're going to contact. I have heard a lot of, um, yeah, people that I've spoken to have said that they've had a traumatic birth or their partners have witnessed them go through something quite traumatic and then they haven't been offered any sort of support whatsoever and they've had no idea where to go. Is there, yeah, anywhere in particular that people can go to? Yeah, I think that's really, um, it can be a really interesting interesting question because there's no set pathway on what's going to suit each individual. So if, particularly if we're talking about trauma, for a lot of women, a lot of partners, they've experienced trauma within the medical system. So asking those individuals to head back into it, go to a GP, get a mental health care plan, which requires a diagnosis, it can be something that just doesn't happen because they can't bring themselves to, to re-enter all of that. So that definitely is one pathway that works for a lot of people and it's, it's great that it's there. But it's also being able to educate yourself on what, what's around the edges, what else is available. So, you know, private counsellors, private psychologists, you know, other healers, other ways of being able to work with your, your nervous system, um, being able to gather yourself a range of options to go to is really beneficial because you don't quite know what's going to be the case for when you actually need it. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes it is hard, especially with a newborn, to get your way to the doctor and do all those plans and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's good to know. Um, I'm sure it's common for many mothers to dismiss their trauma. Um, if anyone's listening and they're wondering whether or not their trauma or experience is valid, is there anything that you'd like to say to them? Yeah, I guess the main the main thing I'd like to say is that you're just, you're not alone. You're not alone in terms of there's support out there and what you're feeling is real and it's valid and it also doesn't have to continue. What you're feeling doesn't have to continue until it just goes away by itself like that. That wastes a lot of time. There are options out there to, to get these things dealt with and resolved so you can move forward. So just the understanding that it's, it's never too late it's also never too early to put your hand up and say, I've noticed some things, let's get on top of it. Or I've noticed this for a long time now and I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you think that we haven't really touched on today that comes up for you in clinic? It's just really widespread. And I guess the, the main emotion that comes with a lot of trauma is I failed. A lot of women feel that sense of failure. 
So all I can say is that your body will more often than not do what it needs to do to move you through an experience that feels traumatic, not because of what you've done, but because of the system that you're birthing in and your body will carry you through that by doing what it needs to do. It's not a failure on in any part. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, how can people follow you on Instagram? Because I know you share so much content that I personally find so valuable. So, yeah, how can we find you? Yeah, Instagram. My, um, my account is fionarogerson.counsellorperth. Um, I'm always open to DMs and having a good chat with anybody through DMs. So fionarogerson.counsellorperth for Facebook as well. Um, or you can jump on my website. I'll send you through the links for all of that. Yeah, Instagram. My mailing list is for perinatal professionals that want to learn more about all of this. Um, if you're on my mailing list, you'll get first access to my trauma course for perinatal professionals, um, which will be launched in the next couple of months. Um, yeah, so quite a few ways that you can get in contact and reach out. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we've covered so much. I feel like, yeah, I've learned a lot from it and I'm sure everyone else will get heaps out of it as well. Beautiful. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, um, please don't forget to share it with a friend or share it on your social media. Um, it would mean so much to me in getting the word out. Thank you.